everybody. Welcome back to Tunes Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast. Uh, got that got that dude Cameron Brewer in the house. What up? What's going on? What's going on? I would be on Tunes Tunes. Yeah, thanks for We're coming through. For a few months now, and like it's uh it is a ride and a half. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thanks I'm for showing hello, love, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh real quick, guys, at the top of the hour, we'll get a shout out to Mint Apparel. Mint Apparel has what you need if you're looking for a local shop to do screen printing, embroidery, heat press vinyl. They can even take care of your branding and logo design needs. Check them out at mintapparel.com. That's M-E-N-T apparel.com or on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also request a quote by emailing them directly at info at mintapparel.com. Shout out to John. He's a good dude. Men's Apparel. Go get yourself a t-shirt. <laughs> go go get yourself a t-shirt or uh, embroidered pants. You can That's be Bernie Mac. Is like juicy wild. on the back. Oh my god! If you if you ever get a chance to like watch one five minute comedy set in your life, Bernie Bernie Mac's like uh, Bernie Mac's Def Jam comedy set. His debut is the most terrifyingly perfect piece of comedy. <laughs> he walks out wearing pants with his face on it. Jesus, like just like like someone airbrushed his face onto pants. That he was wearing. Oh my God. And just starts the comedy set off by saying, I'm not scared of you motherfuckers. And just starts yelling at the crowd. And they love it. And it works perfectly. It's, it, ah. Rest in peace, Bernie Mac. You're good. Some great. like old Paris type shit, the airbrush on the. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> He's just, yeah, he was a silly man. I appreciate everything he did. Nah, that's cool, man. Um, well, Cameron, I've been, uh, you know, we hadn't really talked in person, but there's like all these people that I'm like, oh man, like, I'll see like I'm on social or something or mm-hmm. around it stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, I got to get them on. So I finally hit you up to be on. And I was, I was uh, glad that you're down. Yeah, no, like, I mean, I've, like I said, I've heard, uh, I've heard about Toon Tunes probably like two or three months ago. Right. And when I heard that you all were just basically just doing like animation, anime and music, I was like, literally this is the podcast I was born to like do. Right. Thing on. Like, <laughs> these are like my two main interests kind of converging in one thing. So, right, man. So it's like the, you know, it's like the the elevator pitch that I always tell people is like, those are the things that are just so impactful to us, especially when we're growing up. But those are also the things you really get ostracized for. So it's oh, just yeah. like an interesting combo to talk about those things together. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. So I had Heath, uh, Heath Huffman on. Um, I've been a big fan of the Praise Down podcast and then uh, realized that. Uh, you know, you do that paneled podcast with him, right? Yeah, paneled comic book narration. You can find us on Spotify and all the wonderful places where you get your podcasts. Uh, paneled, uh, paneled was actually kind of an idea that like Heath and our EP Kyler Selby sold me on, which was literally just taking comic books and narrating what was going on in the panels, along with like reading the dialogue. And it's a very simple concept. That's like infinitely repeatable, but also infinitely hilarious at times. Right. Because especially when you get to like some of the older, like Silver Age and like Golden Age comic books, they're just goofy. Yeah, like, some of that shit don't hold up. Exactly. <laughs> if like Thanos having a helicopter and like dropping the like one of the infinity gems out the side, things like that. Just goofy <laughs> stuff like that. That wouldn't make sense anywhere else. Right. But it's just it, it works out. And so um I like I like the format that we have. I like the guests that we've had so far. I wanna 
make it into like a really cool thing. And what I've found so far is that like the second you give someone a chance to like do a silly voice and pretend to be Spider-Man or some other superhero, they lean into it so hard. And so like all of our guests have been pretty great so far. That's legit, man. Yeah, I love it. This is a super cool idea. And Heath had mentioned that you guys like have even gotten some really positive feedback from like people that, uh, you know, like a like a vision, yeah, like vision disability stuff like that. No, I mean we've done like a lot of. Uh, there's a couple like listeners, not even a couple of listeners. There's a solid number of our listeners are either like have like vision impair- impairments or like are are like legally blind or things like that, and they've ended up uh, being able to enjoy kind of like silly romps through like comics that we find interesting by just being able to like listen to us like narrate the panels themselves and that's fun for us not just in like having more listeners but being able to reach like a group of people who don't normally get to engage with the visual medium that is comic books so it's, it's really good yeah that's clutch man because it's just yeah. cool like you don't feel like you're just i mean it's still like you're getting the bullshit with your buddies but like exactly it's like you're getting to do something really cool for someone that may not been able to share in that same experience absolutely and the, our whole motto really is just comics for everyone and we really kind of try to embody that by just making them as accessible as popular as as accessible as possible right yeah so that's very cool man yeah um so Heath had mentioned um that you had like kind of a background mm-hmm. uh like uh from like your education and everything yeah, your master's yeah. degree and everything is related mm-hmm. to comics is that right yeah so I wrote my research report on um uh, I remember a research report on like representation in comic books. So just like the ways in which like like people who aren't normally represented in popular media tend to be more represented or have like better representation in comic books, and just like mirroring and like looking at like specific characters and how they mirror like real life people and like their journeys and things like that, and how like being able to see like like for like kids who don't like typically get to like see themselves in like media comic books can be a very great place for them to like kind of imagine that space where they get to do what whatever they want to do right like in a world like they feel comfortable in their own bodies and doing whatever right. and that's it's really cool for me to like i so as someone who like thinks way too much about popular media like it was kind of a foregone <laughs> conclusion that i would spend like 2 years writing about like one comic book character for like right for, <laughs> really getting into the minutia of it yeah but it was it was fun it was a good time and like it's given me kind of a perspective on uh how how media works and how uh how representation works in media specifically that like i still use to like talk about like what television programs are going on now so yeah i mean it's just it's something that i think is is really important and something i didn't you know i'm, I'm guilty of not really thinking of mm-hmm. but you know, it just takes it to another level whenever it's someone that sees someone that looks like them. Absolutely. Uh, in a place where it's like, you know, I think a lot of a lot of the uh, comic book characters or even like superheroes tend to have like a white savior complex. Yeah, yeah. I but know. it's just it's it's cool, man. I mean, it's cool to feel like. You know, yeah, oh, I mean, I, that's tangible. That, that's someone that looks like me. I can relate to that. Absolutely. And like, I think like a, a whole host of like people I know, like especially like young black kids, like whenever there was like a or like black kids who grew up in the night, whenever there's like a 
whatever there was like a character who was black like you were rooting for them no matter what like <laughs> Zach, like Zach, right. Zach danced and like like shot like shot from the handle of an axe on Power Rangers right. and we were all here for it because like he was the dude he was that guy and so like we well, we can beat as many putties up as you want so you go get Rita Repulsa Rita Repulsa or something like Rita that? Repulsa yeah yeah yeah. So I had to think too when he said I was like, wait, what? I said Rita Rapunzel. <laughs> that's a that's a weird <laughs> crossover. She uh, she she climbed down to Earth on her hair. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just like leaned it over the side of the moon and just decided to come down to like <laughs> harass teenagers. <laughs> but no, funny. like it's it's one of those things where like you don't like notice it until like it's there. And then like all of a sudden, like you have a movie like Black Panther or like Into the Spider-Verse or even like Captain Marvel or Wonder Woman coming up, where you have like all these people super excited about like all this cool representation that's happening because it's for a while it was just it just wasn't there. So yeah, and that's interesting to say, you know, not to get too topical because I usually try not to, but um, Captain Marvel was just an interesting one to see that they took down like the the rating of yeah. the Rotten Tomatoes because people were just like bombing it, and I'm like, dude, like. And but there's something to be said about like shaking up how things are, mm-hmm. and then people getting mad as hell about it. Absolutely no. Anytime like things start to change a little bit, people get like really upset. And nerds are the worst. Like as a as a nerd, man, that like, is true. Like it's just like anytime like, a small thing change happens, and something you like love. I say that with quotes because like people end up like hating on it half the time. Right. You're but, like, like you're just like what's going on? I'm just so upset. It's like really, it's like you didn't have any ownership of it you're just a fan maybe the new thing will be good try it out and so well, yeah it's just like i mean we've talked about toxic fandom because that's very i mean that's very much prevalent especially like you know we talk about anime a lot on here oh, but, yeah. mm-hmm. i mean it's just one of those things is like where you are you really a fan or do you have like this unhealthy thing of like this is my thing and i get mad when other people don't like, treat it the way that i do and i'm exactly. like okay like this is pretty subjective dude like you don't yeah. have to come through with like some hostility just because it's not my thing exactly how I want. Like, calm the fuck down. Like, I think I think the the quote that kind of like got me really thinking about like toxic fandom in a way that like really made sense for me. I saw a tweet a while back that was basically like, "You don't have to be good at video games to like them." And I was like, "Oh wait, that's true. Like, that you, is true. You can just like play around and do whatever you want." And it turns out that's how being a fan of things works. You can engage with it on your level. Like not everyone has time to like read back issues of justice league to like get ready for a podcast. They're going to do whatever right. you want. Yeah. Right. So I can't like, I can't expect everyone to kind of be in that same place, but I think if anything, like fandom should just be open for everyone. I wish we could right. get what they want out of it. No. Yeah. I feel that man. Cause just cause it's like, I don't know. I feel like we want to include, not exclude. Absolutely. If you're, if you look around and you're seeing that you're excluding more people than you're including, that I think, you know, there's a problem. Yeah. I mean, even, like, it's just small things, and I've noticed it just, like, the way that I do my show now is, like, I got to a point where, you know, anime is always definitely the through line. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to a point where, like, I saw myself, like, not having people on the show just because they didn't, like, XYZ, like, anime to the T or yeah. something. So it's like, oh, like... I didn't like that just because, like, me as a person, like, um, I try to be inclusive and I hate being that, like, oh, you can't be on this because you don't fit this criteria. Yeah. So it kind of shaped the way, you know, kind of just seeing myself do that mm-hmm. kind of helped me change the way that I do the show just because, like, I started to have more people on and kind of branch out. And not only does it, you know, create more opportunity to talk to more people, but mm-hmm. 
it, it makes your show, you know, not be stale because like I'm getting able to change up and talk about different things, not the same shows every week. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it has to. Like, if you get a chance to, like, get a whole bunch of people in there who have, like, right. different opinions about animation, I'm certain, like, the topics change and all sorts of cool things. And you get to see, like, what their opinion of anime is if they're not, like, a big fan, if they just have, like, small knowledge. Like, I'm always interested in that. Yeah, so. I've had people on, like, we do, we'll, we'll go back and do, like, episodes where it's just, like, dedicated to a certain show or, like, mm-hmm. we've done, like, a couple bracket episodes where I'll, I'll create, like, a March Madness-type bracket Ooh. of, like, shows. Like, mm-hmm. we did, like, one that was all Toonami shows and one that was, like, classic Cartoon Network versus classic Nickelodeon shows. Oh, that's so, like, good stuff. A lot of people, like, I'll have them back on to do stuff like that, and sometimes they'll be like, well, like, I don't really know that much, but it's, like, that's perfect, though, because, like, since you don't know that much, you just kind of have, like, a generic thing. You don't have, like, this super attachment to it where you're going to be, mm-hmm. like, you know, super, like, married to one way of thinking on this thing. Like, Absolutely. Since you're kind of objective on it, like, you're looking at it from the outside. Yeah. I kind of value your input on this because oh, yeah. it's just a different perspective. No, I mean, like, I, I think it's always fascinating when someone, like, who isn't a fan of something looks at something that someone who really cares about. Like, I... My favorite thing is to go back to old Nickelodeon shows and just be like, oh, that's a terrifying concept if you just, like, remove <laughs> the whimsy. Right. Like, Eddie McDowd, do you remember, like, 100 Days around Eddie McDowd? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that show where, like, uh, clearly disturbed teenager is turned into a dog by an evil wizard and is forced to do 100 good deeds as a dog in order to become a boy again. It's, like, super, like... It's Lovecraftian nightmares yeah. is what it is. It's like, it's terrifying. <laughs> He's like taking advantage of this kid. Exactly. And like at the same time, like it was a popular show on Nickelodeon and went for like four seasons. And so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is funny. You see shit like. Uh, there was like a episode of Rocco's Modern Life where he's like a sex phone, yeah, it's or a like phone sex operator. Phone, like, what the fuck? It's like you look at it back and like, what? What? Who put this on TV? I know you're like, this is like a kid show, dude. Yeah. And so <laughs> it was. It's it's all of those, but yeah. Well, yeah, man. Uh, so one of the cool things is that I like to talk about is you know if someone has like a favorite show or, or like a show that really stuck out to them, and it's cool to see. Uh, Cowboy Bebop come up in so many different shows like we've done like we did a, a show where we're like we just had like a panel and we all talked about it mm-hmm. but also when I have people on individually so many people are a fan of that show yeah can you uh, talk about like how did you find that was it just like something you're watching Cartoon Network or did you hear about it from a friend like how did you first like watch that so I heard about it from my brother and my cousins um, they were older than I were and we were able to like stay up later and so they were watching like you know, like tsunami late at night, Adult Swim and stuff like that. And we're able to like kind of like they knew about the cool anime before it was coming out. Like, right on. Like I was like still like stuck just like watching. They're like Toonami. tastemakers. Exactly, basically tastemakers. And my uh, my brother was just like, "You gotta watch like when you get a chance, just watch Cowboy Bebop. It's it's like nothing you've ever seen before." And lo and behold, it was like it's. And to this day, it's probably one of my favorite animations because it really introduced me to the concept that anime is like. Not just like, it's not just cartoon entertainment. It's like a possible high. It's it's high art form and things like that. It's mythology. It's yeah. themes. It's beauty. It's it can be realistic and gritty, but at the same time, it's like really fun. And I think just like beyond that, like everyone I know who like talks Cowboy Bebop is just like the music. The music is oh, yeah. so just iconic. Oh, iconic to the show. Like I still to this day will like put on like. 
the seatbelts LP oh, yeah, for man. like the original. Like, shout out to seatbelts. Yeah, shout out to seatbelts. Like that's for real. Like they uh, like change the way that I understand like how music sets tone right. and like things. And like it was, it's like the first time in like kind of it was like one of the first times I ever like felt like that in a in any sort of medium. Like I right. know like you know like you have like rousing scores and stuff like that and like for like movies and TV shows, but this was so unique and something like so particular. And it like hit like all these like weird things that I liked. Like it was sci-fi, it was space, mm-hmm. it was like westerns, it was like kung fu, kung fu. Yeah. It's like and so it's just like so many things all at once. You're just like, how did someone decide to put these together? It's just, <laughs> it's a perfect. I idea. mean, it is. It's like an amalgamation of styles for sure, so good. and definitely western influence. Like, yeah, you know, you have the jazz, you have the uh, a lot of the episodes are named after like. Songs by like mm-hmm. rock bands and stuff. Black exactly. Dog Serenade, got uh, Led Zeppelin songs, stuff like that. Samba, yeah, uh, Heavy Metal Queen, yeah, like so many like wonderful like just uh, so many wonderful like episodes out of that entire show were just like based off of these little things, and it just took so many great ideas and put them together in a way that was cohesive, and I don't know like. It's still the standard by which I kind of like judge other animes. Like, can <laughs> yeah, like I, that's just not Bebop. Though. I'm sorry, it's, it's not Bebop. <laughs> it's not Bebop. Like, can I watch one episode of this and feel an entire spectrum <laughs> of emotions, and just like, and just have that be it? No, okay, then you're not Bebop. But, but nah, man, yeah. nah, but it does sure. what it does very well. Yeah, I mean, it is, and it's one that I like always suggest to people, especially because like I get asked that a lot. Um, the funny thing about like the show like my show and everything people like will always think i'm like a super knowledgeable person about anime in general yeah but like i am trying to learn because like i'll say it like i've said it before on the show but i'm like the quintessential like basic bitch fan of anime like i only watch <laughs> like starting out only watch the shit that was on like toonami yeah and i started the show because like i wanted to learn so people would be like what is this like super like, what did you think about the super, like, fringe anime? I'm like, dude, I didn't fucking watch that. Right. But when people ask me, like, what's something people should watch if they've never watched anime, I'm like, oh, that's Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop, Cowboy Bebop is everyone's Very first suggestion. Like, I think anyone who, even people who say they don't like anime like Cowboy Bebop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm the same way. Like, I, Toonami was my first introduction. I'm still very much a fan of, like, the, the most basic, like, yeah. Down to earth, like sort of sh- just like basic shonen sort of thing, and but at the same time, I like these little like fringe ones that I don't see like happening that often. Like um, one of my favorites that I that somehow made it onto like Adult Swim with Paranoia Agent. Oh man, that's Satoshi Kone. Yeah, Satoshi Kone is God rest his soul, one of the greatest animators Dude. in like history. Fucking storyteller, opinion. bro. Just like Paprika, whole. Oh. Yeah, we we uh, I had a couple people like on early on on the show, and I remember I remember Paranoia Agent being on Cartoon mm-hmm. Network, and it, I don't think it ever finished its run or anything, but um, I remember it like vaguely, and people would bring it up on the show, and I'm like, damn, like I don't remember that at all. But mm-hmm. like the more people I talk to, and like they're talking about this Satoshi Kone guy, and I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, like what? And then they're like, yeah, he did all these movies, and so. Yeah, you know we had the opportunity sometimes to screen stuff here at Tower Theater. So like we mm-hmm. showed uh, Tokyo Godfathers, uh, yeah. uh, we showed Perfect Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, so we showed some like some some deep like uh, Satoshi Kone cuts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I'm like I was such a fan of him and like his 
you know, his view on like how, you know, not only media, but like other people, other mm. relationships impact our psyche. Oh yeah. No, he's one of the most cerebral like creators in any anime. Cause like, I think he starts from what I can tell, like he starts off with like a very basic relationship or a very simple idea of how like relationships work. Right. And then expands upon it infinitely in so many ways that don't make any sense right, unless yeah, you yeah. stick to that central theme. And somehow he makes it work every single time. <laughs> like I I'm trying to think back to like Tokyo Godfathers because like on its own, it sounds like once again like horrifying concepts. Yeah, like it a does. Bunch, the like, premise is like a group of homeless people find a baby that's been abandoned somewhere <laughs> on Christmas. It's like, huh? But like somehow it's like able to tell like this beautiful tale of like love and redemption and what family means and how like it means to kind of come back to right like, after and something. It's, with him, it's all about the characters because like in that movie specifically, you have like you know like the teenage runaway that really has somewhere to go yeah. if she wants to mm-hmm. you know if she decides she doesn't want to be on the streets anymore exactly. you have like the old guy that's been on the streets for some time and he's just you know setting mm. his ways old grumpy guy yeah but still has like a silver lining like heart mm. of gold and then like a really complex character with a, a mm. trans person yeah no I- and you're like man and it really he was not afraid to tackle some tough themes like in some of his movies um, oh, yeah. the the impact that you know sexual assault has on people's psyche not showing it because like anime yeah. has this thing that does where it's like it wants to convey that this person's a bad person so yeah. it, he rapes exactly that's not yeah. the point it was that uh, it wasn't like this machiavellian thing of like this is the means to an end we want to show that this guy yeah. is a bad guy so he rapes yeah it's like this thing was this horrible thing happened to this person that had an effect on their psyche and we're, mm-hmm. sh- we're following this person through this narrative and seeing how it impacted all these different you know oh. points of her life like uh, perfect blue is what i'm referencing on that yeah. because it's like there's parts where she's like at the store and then she flashes back to on stage and then she's you don't like the audience mm-hmm. itself doesn't know when what's when, like, real and what's not yeah and perfect blue is probably one of the best examples of just like how anime can be used to tell a narrative without, like, how anime can be used to, like, create, like, a sort of dreamscape narrative. Yeah. And he's so good at, like, I, I keep thinking back to, I keep thinking back to Paranoia Agent and just, like, that one point where everything kind of falls apart and, like, I don't know, like, whenever, like, we've discovered, like, there's a real little slugger and then maybe little slugger is just, like, an idea. Like, it's it just, the physical manifestation of that idea. Yeah, and it's just like how like that sort of like plays out around the world, and I don't know, like he's he gets to some universal truth in every single thing that he does, but he gets it in such a dreamy, hazy way that you don't really know that you learned a thing. Right, you just experience this like sometimes terrifying, sometimes gorgeous story. Yeah. Of, people in terrifying situations finding hope loss and overcoming yeah exactly i mean it is it's intense like and he's another one that comes up quite a bit when we talk about especially when we talk about storytelling and and you know just like the way that he is able to you know put you in a place where you're really like feeling for this person mm-hmm. um i remember watching perfect blue and how uncomfortable that scene is whenever mm-hmm. you know it's part of the movie that she's getting raped and then yeah. you're like 
sitting there watching, you're like, oh, like I'm cringing in my seat. Yeah, it's, it's, um, same with when we show Tokyo Godfathers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the 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 three homeless people are like, they're companions. They're all together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's evident that they love each other. But mm-hmm. there's times when... Um, there's times when the uh, the the old gruff man addresses the the trans characters like with you know the yeah, word faggot exactly and you're like oh man like this is so crazy like yeah. like looking at it with the lens of like how we are now mm-hmm. and the impact that 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 whole vibe like watching the I was almost watching the crowd watch the movie yeah because like when he's when that line comes out mm-hmm. and he uses that word yeah I'm like. I looked at everyone else in the room to see how they were reacting. And yeah. I'm like, man. And it's just like, it's, it's just such a moment. And like, yeah, and he allows, he's not for, afraid to tackle that yeah. tough stuff. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're fine. You're fine. I, yeah, I, I could go on and on, but like, just basically like he knows how to let moments play out in the way that they're supposed to. Right. And, but isn't afraid to like use like experimental like things to like allow those concepts to take place. And I'm always interested in someone who, like, I don't know, like, he's, he kind of reminds me of David Lynch in that kind of regard. Yeah, kind of. You know, like, he just, that's the, the theme is more important than the actual narrative. Exactly. And it's yeah. always so much, so much better that way. Well, and it's like, I, you know, I'm so lucky to have, like, all these people that are, like, you know, I like his movies and like I've been able to watch a couple of them up to this point. Mm-hmm. But I, like, know so many people that are, almost like scholars in their own right, like with as much knowledge that they have on him. Yeah. So like some things I didn't know before we watched some of these was like, I think um, Darren Aronofsky bought the rights to Perfect Blue mm-hmm. to literally lift scenes from yeah. it and put in like oh, Requiem yeah. for a Dream and... Yeah. Um, Black Swan. Yeah. Yeah, Black then, Swan is... Yeah, Black Swan too. It's like basically like a scene for scene remake. Yeah, there's... And they so, showed... I saw a thing. I think it was Super Eye Patch Wolf maybe on YouTube showed mm, like a side-by-side. Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit, like that's crazy. <laughs> or a Paprika with Inception. Yeah. Mm. Uh, like there's so many just like little things that like his art style and his like sort of aesthetic were able to like birth into like, like a live action cinema. And it's just so dazzling to me to think that like someone who like does like like anime which has kind of been like considered like a fringe interest for so long like serious filmmakers are taking like notice of how like storytelling works in these sort of like animated scapes and like allowing right, for, like, yeah. something to make happen make makes sense in their own world or whatever yeah like the interesting way people are getting like these narrative points across like mm-hmm. it's just like I don't know. It's insane. I did not know about him <laughs> buying the rights to that. And then ah. when I heard it, I was just like, "Oh shit!" And then, and then it's like one of those things of like, "Oh, how did I not know this?" Yeah, like I knew I knew about Black Swan before I knew Perfect Blue, and like when I went back and like rewatched Black Swan after seeing Perfect Blue, I was just like, "Oh yeah, that makes absolute sense." Yeah, I think yeah. it's Mima is her name in the movie, but I think she uh, there's a scene. I, they they show the a side by side with her in the bath where she's like in the fetal position, mm-hmm. and they show it side by side with Jennifer Connelly in Requiem for a Dream, mm. and it's like the exact same yeah. everything, and you're uh. like, oh shit, like that's crazy, <laughs> like to see like that homage, yeah, uh. in something for a long time that was considered like, oh, that's not like a serious medium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's just that's kid stuff. That's like that's cartoons. Absolutely. So yeah. that's just interesting, man. Like 
Definitely yeah. the way that we see that crossing over into, like you said, live action cinema is just like yeah. I have lots of I have lots of respect for animation or right. any sort of like animated art style because like for a long time comic books weren't considered like serious medium either. They weren't considered like popular like they were just stories for kids to read and like one of the one of the great tragedies for me is that like Stan Lee. Um, for like the longest time, never really considered himself like a good artist or a good writer or like good at what he did because the only measure that he had to like kind of measure what he was doing was making comic books. Right. And like for the longest time, people were just like, comic books aren't like art. They aren't like popular. They aren't like, they aren't, they aren't like high arts or high pieces of medium. They're not like novels or things like that. And so he creates these characters and worlds and alternate realities and themes that like are now basically running Hollywood right? and creating like the narratives for what we think like art should look like or story should look like or things like that. And like just never gave himself that credit. Like he was alive that he was like such a great artist. I think he saw that like he was really good. At, like that he created something that people loved and enjoyed. I think that's what he took from, but I don't know if you ever like, really saw himself as like the innovator and artist that he was yeah and just like creating narratives that like we're still trying to figure out how to like combine those sort of like things in like regular media yeah it's like the intangibles like mm. i think the the biggest impact people like that can have is to like create a story or a character or something that the reader themselves can be like oh man like i felt that yeah to, to be able to have that kind of connection as like someone that puts out like a story like that, I think you've really like that's the the benchmark of success. If you can absolutely. make someone feel like they relate to what the story that you're telling. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And there's no doubt about it. He did that. Yeah, man. So, um, so I mean, we talked about uh, Bebop a little bit before, but one that you mentioned that was kind of a dark horse. I I don't really personally hear people talk about a lot. What? This is my favorite show of all time. Cool. Uh. uh is uh, Outlaw Star. Outlaw Star I needs fucking love so Outlaw much Star. more recognition yeah. for how fucking great it is. It is so and people good. Don't talk, like, legit, like, uh, Outlaw Star. So Outlaw Star's premise is so spectacular to me. Like, you mean just like ships fist fighting in the middle of space? <laughs> I'm saying, like, that That's That's my elevator pitch to people. I'm like... There's fucking magic. This guy has a gun. It's called a caster because it casts magic. Mm -hmm. uh, these these uh, damn ships are boxing. Like it's like, fucking crazy. It dog. starts out in like a small <laughs> shit town and like a broken down earth, and ends in an alternate dimension fighting for the soul of the universe. The freaking galactic what, ley line, man. The galactic ley line. They end up like re it's so great. Like the entire show is magic <laughs> to me. Like Gene Starwin, one of the greatest names in anime. I'm saying Gene Starwin. Who would have thought of that? That's amazing. Ugh. Well, and just the it, it could have just been like this guy is just like a run and gun badass dude. Like he's ready to go. But the way they they they, they introduce him and like the the story behind yeah. why he doesn't like want to go into space, why he mm -hmm. has a hard time with space. Yeah. Oh, man, it's, it's done so, so well. Like it could have just, like I said, it could have just been like, hey, like yeah, somehow he's gave perfectly like, fine. Your typical like male enemy protagonist, not only like real like things to challenge like him, 
Like he had to learn how to fly the ship in the first right. place, but also like psychological issues that like keep him from doing the thing well, and he overcomes it like a boss, and it's so good. Well, yeah, and you have ugh, there's such a good cast of characters. There's like uh, Jim Hawkins. He uh, his episode. There's an episode with him that is actually my favorite episode of the entire series. What is that? When they're on the uh, they're on the colony. They're in the colony. Mm-hmm. And he meets a girl, and she's actually part of, like, the pirates. Yeah. But they kind of have, like, this love story thing going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that is one of the yeah. best episodes, not only of that show. Oh, gosh. Probably one of the best episodes of any anime. Like, yeah, that's I will hard. die on that hill. That is hard. That's a hard watch, too. Well, it's just tough because, like, it, it shows, like, these people are on, you know, couldn't be more different. Mm-hmm. They're the same age, though. Yeah. They're able to relate. They're able to, like, find mm-hmm. this relationship and kind of pursue that. Yeah. But the end goal is so drastically different, but they don't know about it. So it's almost like a Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And like star-crossed lovers type thing. Uh, there's so many. And then, like, the part that gets me, man, at the end, like, the ship gets damaged a little bit, mm-hmm. but they've killed her. But yeah. she doesn't know she's on that ship. Yeah. And then oh. he comes back because he's he's pretty bummed because he thinks he yeah. had to leave her, like uh. ditch her. And then he gets back to the satellite and it's just him alone and he waits and she's never going to come. Yeah. And you're like, bruh. Like, I got misty eyed just talking. <laughs> that shit gets me. It's so good. And yeah. people think this is just like some throwaway, like, uh, media. Like, people think it's just a cartoon, but I'm like, no. Bro, I fucking felt that at my core. Like, that's like one of my favorite episodes of anything ever. It's so just, it's so small. It's so singular, but it tells just like, this is the tragic story of like two kids who just have to be on the opposite side of the thing because resources, inequality, all those terrifying things. Right. And like, this strive to save the universe, basically. Ugh. It literally is like it almost says like a Capulets and Montagues, like yeah. some Romeo and Juliet type shit. And that's one episode of the entire thing, and it keeps going after <laughs> I'm that. I'm saying, like that show is so, or that episode's so fucking good. Ugh. But yeah, we're literally, I don't know if you're like in the D and D at all, but mm. we're starting mm. a new campaign in my D and D group where we're doing uh, gunslingers. It's like really, a, and um, he said, yeah, you can basically do anything. And one of my buddies uh, was like, dude, you should do. Gene Starwin. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. He like fucked me all the way up staying that. And yeah. I was like, what? So like I'm like at home, like drawing up this character, like mm. trying to like figure out the stats and like uh, I love it. I'm like stoked to like try to have like Gene Starwin be like my character in this campaign for like this mm. gunslinger thing we're doing. No. But man, Please like do. was that how was that intro? Is that like one that you saw on Cartoon Network as well? And you were just like Yeah, I saw it on Cartoon Network and I think I so it was weird because I saw, I didn't catch it on Cartoon Network until the run of the show was almost done. Oh, right. So the first two episodes I saw were the last two episodes, which are vastly different from the entire rest of the series. <laughs> so it's just like, right. I'm like on a dead sprint trying. To, so I thought this was like the darkest, most terrifying oh, anime of yeah? all time. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, it's just it's like, drastically I got these different. two bullets and I can shoot them and then I die. <laughs> it's like, what? how long have you had this gun? What is, was? Yeah. What is this? Ugh. And so, but like once it ends, it's like really fun and interesting. And I got to rewatch it again when it came back around. Yeah, and instantly fell in love. There was like a buddy of mine is always like looking for like the next deal to buy like his box set for like an anime he likes. 
And there was this badass like outlaw Starbucks set. Mm. He sent me and it was like it's normally it was normally like a hundred something bucks, but it was on sale for like forty bucks. Nice. So I was like, dude. So I bought it. It has like all the Blu-rays, and then there's mm-hmm. like this like a hundred page art book that was in it, and like Ooh, yeah. and it comes in this really cool box that like comes mm. apart. Like it's pretty tight. That's awesome. It's yeah. like painted like the outlaw star. That's or the cool. XGP. <laughs> um, <laughs> dude, it's so good. Yeah. No. But yeah, when you mentioned that you like that show, I was like, oh man. Yeah, no, like it's it's one of the ones that I don't like rewatch as often, but it's one of those shows that like anytime, like anytime someone like mentions like Outlaw Star, my immediate brain is like, I need to watch that again immediately. Right. Um, well, I got that. I got the Blu-rays on deck, man. Hit your boy up. Oh, no. I'll check. <laughs> I, pro- I probably got it somewhere. I know. I, my, I probably. I know. I bought my brother like. The box set a while back, so I just asked him for it. Um, no, I'm currently watch. So I I do stunt resolutions. Right. I don't do anything serious. Last year, my resolution was just to be more intense. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't necessarily know. If I it love worked, it, but it's a good one. This resolution is to watch all of Naruto. Oh shit! Like literally all one all 720 episodes, filler included. Shit. Yeah, that's a labor of love, my friend. Uh, it's not really. I've I've only ever gotten into like the like high eighties right. of Naruto, and then just like stopped for some reason. Um, but I just passed that, and so now we're we're trying to find a new Hokage. Uh, so <laughs> so it's like the futility of it almost. You're like, yeah. God, I don't want to. I'm never gonna finish. I'm never gonna finish. <laughs> I can't. I can't. It's impossible. But I don't know. I want to see. I want to see because it's one of those like it's for lack of a for lack of it's. For lack of a better way of understanding, it's like a cultural mainstay anime at this point. Like so that many people true. have seen it, so many people have watched it. It's so popular, might as well just check it out once. It's like no, the man, Office. Sure. <laughs> it really, it's like the Office of animes. I've always said that Naruto is like the os- the Office of animes. <laughs> Naruto is like Michael Scott. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. He doesn't have any sort of understanding of how social games work, and yet he still wins. And he, yeah, he's always like victorious. He's always a top dog at the end. I think my favorite thing about Naruto that I've started thinking so far is that Naruto knows that he's going to become Hokage. Not like in like uh like he believes in himself. Like he is aware of the plot of the story. <laughs> like he's self-aware. He, he knows that the show's <laughs> called Naruto. He's watched the show. And he's like, I'm going to be Hokage. <laughs> it's like, I don't care what I have to do. I don't care if this hurts. I'm going to win. And it doesn't matter. Everyone's like, just stop it, Naruto. You're so he's like, motherfucker, I'm going to be Hokage. <laughs> I've, already re- I've already seen how the story I've ends. I've seen how the story ends. <laughs> Uh, that dude man. looks vaguely like me. I'm gonna be <laughs> up where he is next. That's funny, man. I wonder um, who he's gonna be eventually in this plot. <laughs> well, one show that you had mentioned um, that I thought was an interesting pull because it kind of feels like it combines uh, a comic, which is obviously in your wheelhouse, Batman, mm-hmm. with like Gundam as a big yeah, O. Yeah, big O. Man, like that is a not necessarily a dark horse, but I just don't hear a lot of people like talk about that one or reference that one as one that they liked big o is an anime that confounded me for years and i had to like re-watch all of it i would say probably like two years ago to kind of like really come to terms with how i felt about it shout out to that first season though like that first season is terrifying and brutal and wonderful (laughs) it is it's it's badass season uh, two is like meh 
Yeah, season two is, yeah, but because they, but they, I don't know what they want. They wanted to have a resolution. I think they were, yeah, they were trying to tie that shit up at the end. But like, it didn't really work, but it's okay. But the first season is literally just like, what happens whenever like an entire group of people lose all their memories and you just have to kind of build a society off of nothing except nihilism in this thing. Such an interesting, and I mean, you get little bits of the story. You Mm -hmm. see Rogers like childhood has some sort of tie with the police but he's not with the police anymore and you're like well, what's going on there like yeah. the butler but he still yeah. remembers how to use this robot like yeah. what the fuck like, and like there's like just random ones that pop every once in a while right, you're like what the shit some kaiju coming out of nowhere it's like it's just like a, and so like i wonder what that society would just be like on a regular day it's like oh wow this one random like not even billionaire, just dude who lives in the mansion is gonna come through with his giant steam powered <laughs> robot and it <laughs> fight dead the ass. monsters. It dead ass is like some Bruce Wayne type shit though. That's it really like, is. Yeah. And he's even got like the art deco, like that whole like uh blacked out. Yeah. And like the, the car with all the gadgets and stuff, like you yeah. got the sidekick. Like it's such an interesting. It has some tropes, but it's it's, it's tropey, but like it works. It's and, still unique, though. Yeah, like, and I think all the like little pieces of that that come together to make something really beautiful, really shine in like a couple of like really key episodes. Like, um, what was the one? Oh, the Christmas episode where everyone kind of like has a vague understanding oh, of why yeah. they celebrate Christmas, but no one knows about it. And then, like, all of a sudden, it, like, snows for the first time. And, like, people start having, like, these random memory flashes. That shit's crazy. It's just like, what's going on? <laughs> no, it was like, I remember that. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, what's the what's the symbolism here? I need to know something. And so, like, I rewatched it and I was like, oh, it's just, it makes no sense. But right. it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a cool show, man. It yeah. is. Uh, it is one, like I said, I don't hear a lot of people reference it so when i saw that you had mm. said that you're a fan i was like "Ooh, i need to yeah no, get his take on that that shit is pretty good though yeah art style alone one of my favorites well yeah so you know kind of changing gears a little bit um i know we mentioned like the whole vibe of the show is that you know growing up you're mm. kind of ostracized for you know if you don't like necessarily what's going on with the status quo or if you yeah. like Listening to some different type of shit or watching some... De- definitely, if you're watching anime, you're probably yeah, not the cool kid. Exactly. Yeah. And But now it's so, like, commonplace. It's just funny to see, mm. like, where we are now versus, like, growing up. Mm. But it's obviously had an impact on us. Um, so, you know, that's for that reason. I think that, the like, things like music and animation really go hand in hand, especially with how instrumental it is in shaping, like, how we are growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know... Speaking of music, like you said, you know, early on, it's really like a mixed bag of different type of shit. You said you like like yeah. most deaf and Lupe Fiasco, stuff like that. Was that yeah. just like a, is that what just everyone around you was kind of into? Or what, what was like, how did you kind of find that? Um, So I think like pretty much everyone, like I just didn't have like a lot of access to like music, like in the early 2000s, like, like late 90s kind of area where I was starting to kind of get into music. Um, like all you could really do was like, you know, like just like infect your computer with like the deadliest viruses by like <laughs> downloading LimeWire or something like that. LimeWire. LimeWire. Remember kids, practice safe net. Um, <laughs> you 
You're down Lupe underscore fiasco underscore. You're not, like, I'm not even <laughs> not MP3. Like, I got like Lupe Fiasco's first single off of LimeWire. Sorry I didn't pay for it. I bought the CD eventually, Lupe. I'm hoping you're doing okay. Um, <laughs> no, but like, and like, so like, I didn't really have like a lot of uh, options thing. Uh, really, it was just sort of like what happened. Like, my friends and I were like really into like hip hop and like really into like different like things like that. And uh, we would just like buy albums and see who like the like, like featured acts on like albums like oh this person's really cool does this person have like an album out does this person have this thing out and we just sort of like trace that out to like different things um additionally um me and my friends were playing a lot of uh capcom versus snk number three oh, shit, okay uh shout outs to uh capcom and the defunct snk company um but like, so we were just playing a lot of fighting games and we just needed stuff to like keep us hyped while we were playing fighting games for like hours a day. And like that ended up being like, just like really cool, like conscious hip hop or um, like, like new metal stuff, like System of the Down or Rage Against the Machine or anything like that. Just kind of like catch us like in the vibe to kind of like talk, like get in the mood and make this stuff happen. So Right on, man. Well, we talked about, um, it, it's so cool to see like, you know, especially now, because back in the day, you're kind of like typecast. Like, this is the stuff that he likes. Mm-hmm. So you can only like that stuff. Yeah. But like so many different styles crossing over and you get mm-hmm. you have shit like gorillas and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if you ever played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Uh, I never play. I watch people playing it. I ended up buying. A, so I was a cool kid. I got a GameCube. And shout I out got, to GameCube, baby. Shout out to GameCube. That is the newest that is the most recent game system I own. That is the best game system. You don't need a new one. I'm saying. The rest of them are okay at best. That controller is god tier. It is it's the per, it's the perfect controller. It was the exact right one. It's shaped the way you want a controller to be shaped and like gives you the exact like button like priorities that you think it's going to have. Like yeah, the A one's going to use it a lot. Let's just make it as big as possible. <laughs> It works. As a Z button, what controller has a Z button? None of them, but the game controller does. Right there, baby, right by the R. Boop, boop. Um, what was I talking about? About Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. <laughs> <laughs> you watch people play it. What, what I was saying was yeah. that the, the soundtrack on there was just Yeah, undefeated. the soundtrack was really good. But I, they had stuff like Dell the Fun- Funky Homo Sapien you said you were a fan of. I didn't know if that was like the way that you no, found I, him or what. I fell on Dell because a friend of mine... Um, Friend of mine really liked Gorillaz and looked up who Del Funky Homo Sapien was because he was featured on uh, Clint Eastwood and found a song. We thought, so we found this, a, a battle song by uh, Deltron 3030, which right, is a yeah. worked on the early 2000s. And we had no idea who this person was <laughs> or what they were doing. But battle song is basically like an anime in like rap version. It's just like a story of like Deltron, this futuristic space fighter um taking on like battle rapping aliens and like it's so visual and like the lyricism and the way it works and like we were like really into anime and sci-fi it and very stuff creative, like that. yeah very different so like it was like such a rich scape that it was like yes i need this to know more of what this person is doing and just gradually became one of my favorite albums of all time right so. okay because he'd mentioned like that's kind of how you're you're just like super organic the way you're finding shit is just like yeah okay i like this dude okay this guy's featured let's see what that guy's doing exactly i like that man it's super like grassroots of like yeah. let me find my shit that i like like 
I, I kind of like that thing. Mm. Let me find some more things that are like that thing. Yeah, and that's kind of what music's always been like for me. Right. Like, I'll I have like reviewers and like websites that I go to and like say like what's hot, what's like popular, what's like adjacent to what I like that I might like. But for the most part, it's just like if somebody I like decided to like put you on something else that I like then I want to see what else you got. Right, me. yeah. Or something like that. Or if, like, this band gets featured, like, in a hip-hop song or, like, this band is on tour with a band that I enjoy, I want to know, what, like, why that, why you're why you're in that spot. Right. Because, like, to me, that's signals that, like, someone has faith in you and the music that you're creating or what the art that you're creating is, at the very least, worth a listen. Everyone's art is worth a listen. Or right. Or worth, like, some interaction with. But, like, knowing that, like, someone I like likes you that's like it's the, like the cosine. Yeah, it's a cosine. It's a, it's a perfect cosine. So. Yeah, fuck with that, man. Yeah. I mean, it is like it's like you, you know, people, I know what I like. Mm. So I don't know if I would necessarily be one of the good people that would be like, this is the next big thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of just good at what I like. <laughs> no. Like, so if you want something that sounds like this, like, oh, yeah, I know like three or four bands that sounds like this type of shit. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I, I know what I like and yeah. I know what's good for me, but like I can't like. You can't just sell me that something's good because everyone's listening to it. Like, oh, yeah. No, I mean, like, that's, so yeah. Everything yeah. pop is like, I don't know. I find I find value in some of that stuff just because it's like, oh, this is kind of a cool song. Because mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not someone that's just ready to just like shit on pop music just because it's for the sake of it being pop. Oh, yeah. But do I look for something with a little bit more depth whenever I'm like trying to get into some shit? Like. Mm-hmm. For sure. Oh, yeah. Just because, like, that was, man, that was, like, my bread and butter. Like, growing up was just, I would find, like, a band and, like, oh, this guy's brother is in this other band. Let me check these guys out. Like, yeah. some stupid shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, and it's the same thing. With, like, <laughs> that's the entire reason why I probably know anything about the Wu-Tang Clan. Because, like, there was some song that, um, oh, my God, what is this name? Okay, so the RZA like the RZA like produced some song for some rapper that I don't even remember anymore, <laughs> and I was just like, the beat's hot as hell. I want to know what this dude does, and so I just look up the RZA, and like the like the whole world opens up right yeah, there. Yeah, freaking honeypot of Wu Tang. Like, it's like okay, so like let's just look at this up, and I here's the Wu Tang Clan is like a band that I think that you have to come to at the right time in your life. Like, there's some bands, like, I think, like, Queen's a band like that. Um, Led Zeppelin can be a band like that. Um, the Who, Stones, like, Marvin Gaye. Uh, trying to think of anyone else. Like, I'll stop. But, like, every once in a while, there's, like, bands, like, if you listen to the wrong time, you're just like, yeah, it's just a generic sound. I won't, like, listen right. to it. Yeah. But, like, if you hit, like, the right time, it's like, that's exactly who I need to listen to right now. And, like, it just links with you forever. So No, yeah, for sure, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that's the whole move is, like, it's just crazy, like, what we find. And, and sometimes we find shit, like, right at the right time. I remember we did a – so we did an episode. You had mentioned that you're a fan of The Killers, too. Mm. And we did an episode about Shout The Killers. Shout out to The Killers coming yeah. out to the amphitheater. Dude, I know. I'm going to be out of town. So I'm, I'm going like, to be there. Like, I'm, um, I'm going to be there. <laughs> I wanted to go, but, nah, it's all good. Uh, uh but yeah, we did an episode about the killers and just getting into like the research and like looking at different stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember the specific song, but I remember seeing, um, you know, it's one of those things about 
liking a bunch of different stuff and like having a diverse like style or whatever. But there was a song that I think it was on one of maybe maybe one of the newer albums. But mm-hmm. it was like I looked at one of the produ- like uh, I was looking at it on Wikipedia while we were talking mm-hmm. um, on that episode. And uh, it had, like, some of, like, the, you know, the background, like, producer yeah. credits type yeah. shit. And one of them was, like, Anthony Gonzalez was, like, on one of the mm-hmm. tracks. I was, like, oh, shit, that's M83. <laughs> I was, like, fuck. Like, that's, holy shit. Like, yeah. that's such a crazy, but it's, like, dude, like, that real synth-driven, mm-hmm. uh, very anthemic pop. Like, yeah. you're, like, fuck, that makes total sense that they would collab. Yeah. No. So, like, I fuck with things. that. But, yeah, it was just, like, crazy to see, like, that. It's like, I like that shit. And then mm. you're like, All oh, sudden, shit, like, they so- cross over and collab? Like, I didn't even know that. Yeah. No, like, years like- later, you're like, fuck, I never knew that. Yeah, I'm a big fan of, like, remixes, too. Like, um, I really like it whenever just, like, artists, like, take, like, a really specific song or, like, a very specific sound and make it, like, work for them. Like, uh, Tame Impala came out with a really great album a couple of years ago. Um, and then Rihanna like remixed it, and it was like somehow just as good and better. <laughs> I was like, "What? How? Is, why is Rihanna using Tame and Paul songs?" It yeah. was great. Um, I love. Okay, so like one of the things that I'm a huge fan of is like, like R and B from like '95 to 2005. Mm-hmm. Like that's my shit. That's so good. So um, there was. Uh, it's funny because like you know Spotify. Mm-hmm. I don't really use Spotify that much, but like. Every year I've done like that year year interview <laughs> and it's like you listen to 200 minutes and like yeah. everyone else is in like 10,000 minutes. Yeah. And it's funny because the last 2 years in a row I've done that mm. and the last 2 years my like number one song is If You Have My Love by Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> And I'm like, dude, this is fucking embarrassing. But I still share it because I'm like, fuck it. Like, yeah. I like that shit. No. Um, but I remember when. Jayla's um, forever great. Yeah. No no shame in that game. But I remember when, was it More Life that came out? It was Drake. But mm-hmm. he, had, he did a teenage, teenage Fever. Yeah. And I remember hearing that song and like, oh, shit. Oh, he did that yeah. sample of the J-Lo song in that. Like, <laughs> I was like, I fuck with this song. Yeah. <laughs> So, but yeah, it was just funny, man. Super embarrassing. I'm like, no, like I mean, like, your number one song is. <laughs> I'm like, I can't even Adina judge. Howard. Like I can't even judge. Like every time I look it up, it's like you listen to the same five artists sixteen thousand minutes or whatever. It's like, yeah, you're probably right. I did listen to twenty six hours of MF Doom, but it's okay. Listen, it I like. Bring It All to Me by Black. That's my favorite <laughs> song. Okay, leave me alone. Don't worry about it. I just wanted to hear that one really cool part of this one song over and over again. Man, that's so funny, though. It's been two years in a row. I'm like two for two. Jennifer Lopez, Gotta if you had three. my love. Got a three-peat. Got a three-peat. <laughs> I'm going for it. Just like, I'm just like spamming that song just so just I get like, it. Turn it on and just like let it roll for like three days. <laughs> Just on a loop. It's, it's so funny, man. That <laughs> fucking Spotify out and me as like a creep. <laughs> uh, well, man, there's like a lot of cool uh, local acts going on too. So like there's like a lot, of, like, cool a lot of cool, like we see like, you know, especially I love having guests like you on that have like a really diverse taste in like, you know, I can't quite put you in a box because you like a bunch of different shit. Oh, yeah. And even with like the local bands that you had mentioned was like, kind of all over the place too so yeah, yeah yeah let me just hit you with a couple of these and see what you think of them got it uh lcg and that uh if you don't know who those are they are some of the greatest like just ah just 
I don't even know what to look. Just they have a show <laughs> coming out. It's it's it'll happen by the time this podcast comes out. I just know that like you need to go see them. They they got like an NPR right up there. Dude, I my, just saw that yeah. they were on the NPR uh, extended. What was it? Yeah, the NPR. I can't the playlist that NPR does. Yeah, but like they're great. They're one of my favorite bands. Shout out to Morgan. You're doing fantastic work. Keep putting in work. That great. Like the band itself is just like doing. Like, in my opinion, like, they keep getting better. Like, I heard their original, like, set of, like, songs that they put out. And, like, what I heard, I was like, this is some raw shit. This is going to be really good. And then they've refined it into making, like, really fun things happen through it. Like, I keep forgetting that they don't use a theremin in their show, though, because every once in a while, like, they'll have, like, this, like, weird synth. It sounds like it. Yeah, but I'm like, whatever. Anyways, I'll just see in the X. Please go check them out. They're always doing great things. Uh, Heard about these guys from Dez... Uh, Sativa Profits. Sativa Profits are one of the five great rap groups currently in OKC. Um, there's uh, a couple others. I can't. Uh, I would say like Sativa Profits probably one of my favorite rap groups um, out there. I, I saw them in Northern Music Festival um, probably two years ago, and just like they came on and gave like the most intense set at like three o'clock in the afternoon. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> like, hottest part of the day. And they're coming out just ripping just like the literally shit. just like 30 minutes set, come out and just like, like I remember like this one bar from one of the songs, like they say they were taking shots like Harambe. And I was like, this is my, Damn, fa- this that's is my fucking favorite. Hard. Yeah. This is my favorite. <laughs> this is my favorite act of the Damn, festival so far. Like, I don't, I don't care what anyone else says. Like, this is great. Uh, oh, actually, I'm at the... I'm, the OCs I'm, can kill themselves. They didn't do this good. <laughs> uh, I'm about to have these guys on the show. Flock of Pigs. Flock of Pigs is the best band in Oklahoma City. I'm calling it right now. Oh, I'm damn. sorry. Okay. The best band in Oklahoma currently. Shit. If you not know... They're going to be on NPR's Tiny Desk. I'm, they're probably going to be eventually... Oh, they're going to be doing a great thing. Eventually. Isolate that. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. No. I don't necessarily <laughs> know if like... Well, I just know this. Like, they are, in my opinion, the one group that has the biggest like reach in terms of like the reach of like just who they attract into their group and in my opinion they're probably like the tightest band out there i've heard all their demos i haven't got to see them live yet though oh shit every time i get a chance to go see them it's either like away from me or uh, during a time i'm busy but like everything i've seen from them shout out to wyatt uh, shout out to everyone who's in the band. Like you all are doing great work. Yeah. Eventually you're gonna be like out there making money and like, <laughs> being more famous than us. So I'll be able to talk to you. But hey, do yeah, your I thing. Yeah, I haven't met the guys. I think Wyatt's the one I've been emailing back and forth. But I'm trying to get get them on the show soon. Yeah. Ben Renfro, I think, is in the band. Yeah. And he went to went the same high school. Nice. So we went to Memorial. Dope. Um, Culture Cinematic. Culture Cinematic uh, pops up every once in a while and is one of those bands that's like kind of a rotating cast, of, rotating cast of like members who do things in it. But like anytime they come together, they make like such beautiful, melodic, funky music. And like you don't get to see that sort of thing anymore. Like, not like the parliaments of the world are just. I was about not, to say, you said are, that you're heavy into parliament. You said. Yeah, like the parliaments are like the sort of like funky, like sort of like smooth RB bands of like the world are just like going. Like the way of the dinosaurs, so like it's fun to see them. Like anytime I see that they're doing a show, I'm one. Of, I'm always on it. So right on. Yeah. So um, another guy I'm trying to get on the show. I've uh, mm-hmm. been kind of talking to him, trying to lock down a day, but uh, no one man's Don. Yeah, Don. Don's doing great things. No one man's consistently like the playlist of my dreams. Whenever like I tune into it, like it's just like great music, solid artists, people who I enjoy, people who I haven't heard before. 
Like it's always kind of a, like a nice vibe to it. And like any anytime like there's a local radio act that's like doing great things and fun things, I'm always about it. So shout out to Don Dada of the Don Dada of No One Man. Check out the Spy. Like it's one of the great radio programs. Trying to get him on the show for sure. Been kind of going back and forth, but yeah. trying to lock it down. Make it happen. I'm trying to absorb his his music knowledge. He's <laughs> Like I don't, like, I don't know how he him. picks like the songs that he puts out there, but it's always. I was fantastic. gonna say like the 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 whole flow, like the song selection. I'm like, Damn, yeah, this shit kind of vibes though. Like every he's he makes some of the best playlists I can think of in my opinion. Like absolutely, yeah. He knows how to like sing things together in a way that's fun and interesting, like unexpected too sometimes. Yeah. Um, friend of the show Jarvix had him on a couple Jarvix! episodes. Dude's cool as fuck, dude. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I, I need I to go with one of his shows, man. I haven't seen him live yet. Like I haven't like I don't feel like Jarvix needs a lot of like shouting out because like he is just like the like embodiment of Oklahoma's music scene just as a person. But uh please, like if you haven't got a chance to check out Jarvix, please do. Like I've seen him put I've seen him make a melodic ukulele version of Metallica. Like it's just it's fucking bananas. He's the he's he's a genius. He's an actual musical genius, <laughs> like genius. And he's cool as fuck, man. And he had some mm-hmm. cool like some cool takes on some different anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, real deep knowledge on like composers, uh, classical and like uh, new and everything. That's awesome. Yeah. So he was a cool dude, man. I was glad I was able to get him to come through for the show. I had him on a couple episodes ago, but shout out to Jarvix for sure. Yeah. Um, Man, got to mention JB if you're talking about Oklahoma City for sure. JB is like JB's that dude, like, and not just then, like, he's got one of the he's one of the hottest rappers in the city. He's got like albums with like production credits from LP and other like great producers. He's not just like getting out there and hustling and making stuff happen. He's also like putting stuff back into the community. Like he's trying to open up. Yeah, a whole re- thing on the East Side project. Yeah, man, like a whole project on the East Side. Tight. And like nobody's doing like any sort of like real work out there right now other than like. He's showing hella like, love out there. So yeah, anytime someone like shows love for the East Side, anyone who's doing like really good and hustling and making their art and making stuff out there, I'm all about it. So JB, please keep doing what you do. When you are out there, like, rocking Madison Square Garden, remember that I shouted you out once. Maybe let me open for you. <laughs> I'll do, like, five minutes of stand-up. I promise it'll be funny. <laughs> no, I always get a shout-out to JB, especially because um, he has family grew up in the same part of town as me, over nice. off of uh, 15th by the Dell plant. Yeah. Old Kerr Village. Mm-hmm. That's yep. how I used to live over there when I was a kid. Yeah. So when I heard that he had family over there, too, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, no, it's the, that's... This dude knows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Last but not least, you said anything Kyle Mayfield is involved in. Yes. So Kyle Mayfield is a um, like uh, multi-instrumentalist slash producer who's like based in OKC. Uh, I met him through a mutual friend. He was like in a band. Uh, I think he's still doing like a production stuff. I haven't got to like chat with him in a minute. Kyle, if you're out there and you're hearing this, let me know. I want to see your face again. You're wonderful. <laughs> bastard um but no anything Kyle Mayfield is like into like anything he's done like has been like the hottest shit I've seen in like a long time right so on, like I'm always interested like he's he's the reason why I kind of got into Oklahoma's like music scene heavy from the beginning so right on man mm-hmm. well like you know just kind of speaking of that like the whole scene is just like super crazy like collaborative right now I feel like it's just like everything is like firing on all cylinders as oh, far yeah. as like people trying to like do different shit, collab on projects, everything. Everyone's always seems to be down to like put on a show or like, 
uh, put people on their shit. Like, mm-hmm. is that something that kind of endears the city to you? Like, speak to that. I, I love the fact that, like, this place is full of human beings who believe in the art of the side hustle. Like, having that one thing that makes you money and the next thing that makes you happy that hopefully will make you money. Like, if you have an idea or a passion or a project that you want to work on, there's someone here who's more than willing to, like, step up to the plate and help you make that happen. Um, and honestly, like for me, like that's the kind of environment I think fosters like real growth and local things. Like even if it's just something like politics or if it's something like art or music or any sort of like me, like big shows or just trying to get bigger acts to come here. Everyone here is like kind of like always about the hustle, always about trying to make new or big things happen. And for me, like that's one of the best parts of any community is whenever everyone's trying to like improve things. But like the artist community here, the musician community, the comedian community, uh, the comedian community, um, all that stuff is like everyone's trying to make some like really big things happen. And it's happening. Like I just saw No Name like the other day. That's bananas. I was like, No Name's like I, I remember whenever she was like featured on like a Mick Jenkins joint like in 2014, and I was like, who is this kid? And like all of a sudden like she's here in Oklahoma City. I would never expected that. Whenever like That's I, tight, was, man. I was growing I mean- up, yeah. Loki, we've been getting some badass shows. Like I've seen a couple people tweet this, but it's like we're getting to the uh, conflicting shows on the same day level. Yeah, like, like there's like some shit you want to go to, but it's like you got to mm, pick which show you want to go to. That's that, where I'm at. Let's that was years ago. Like you would never thought of that. Yeah, happened. no, like it was like you had the one show. Is that the Diamond Ballroom? There's the Diamond Ballroom. <laughs> Or the conservatory. Or, uh, I was just about to say, you beat me to it. <laughs> so the Diamond Ballroom is the conservatory. And yes, you were going to be dehydrated and have a busted eardrum <laughs> at the end of it. Shouts out to the conservatory. You took part of my hearing. It's okay. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. For sure. That stage, though, like, that, I've been some of the, to some of my favorite shows at that that old school venue before they changed it up a little bit. I haven't been since they re- renovated it, but I want to go check it out. Yeah, it's uh, 89th Street Collective. Yeah. Right? I've been, I did a comedy, I did a couple of comedy shows out there. Oh, tight. Uh, yeah, and like, it's it's a great set. It's a great setup. I really like it a lot. Um, I, yeah, I've heard good stuff about yeah, the new I just setup. Wish I, I wish I could see an actual concert out there because I haven't seen a concert there. So Yeah, I almost went and saw Oakley Dokley there. Oh, yeah, they did come they through. They were just recently, too. I was uh, like, yeah. damn. Every yeah. time they, they've been here, like, it seems like they stop through every time they're on tour. So I need to go try to ch- catch them next time they're here just because they yeah. sound fucking bananas. They're, it's the silliest idea that I've, <laughs> I've ever heard for a band, and I'm so about it. White Wine Spritzer. Shout out to that song. <laughs> I show that. Every time I tell people about Oakley Dokley. Nice. I'm like, check this song out. It's yeah. fucking bananas. Mm. Uh, man, I appreciate you coming through, bro, talking no to me problem. about, you know, comics, anime, all that good stuff, music. Yeah. Well, this is, like I said, like, when I heard that this podcast existed, I was like, one, why didn't I come up with this idea myself? <laughs> and two, taking it back is okay. You didn't come up with it, but how can I get on it? And then just randomly, like, you drop in and like, hey, let's do this. I was like, all right, yeah. Yeah, man. It's it. Like, uh, like I said earlier, it's like always a backlog of people. I'm like, damn, I got to get them on. But I don't forget about them. I just put them, like, in the back of my head and then. Whenever I'm like, I get some time and I'm like, ooh, I need to get them in. No, I appreciate it. Really do. But why don't you tell people where they can follow like the podcast, follow you on social media, keep up with like the projects you're working on and stuff. Yeah. So uh, you can follow me at Cam Brouhaha. That's at C-A-M-B-R-E-W-H-A-H-A on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I regularly just post about what's going on, like either my own projects or random thoughts throughout the day. Um, 
if you want to know, if you want to hear like deep, deep, deep hot takes about Marvel movies, I promise you, you'll get like <laughs> six of them every month for sure. And randomly too, like I had like a I had a random thought where I was like, I'm gonna try and prove that Thor: The Dark World is the best Thor movie. Oh shit! It didn't work. It's, okay, yeah, I was gonna say, did nope, that? No, nope, did not pan out at all. <laughs> it was a terrible idea that I spent way too much time on. <laughs> Um, but no, like that's where you can find me. Um, like I said, Twitter, Instagram at Cambrew, haha. And if you want to keep up with Paneled Podcast, which is my podcast, um, uh, you can find us at Paneled Podcast um, or uh, at Paneled Podcast on Twitter and Insta- Instagram. Also, you can find us pretty much anywhere podcasts are sold, or hawked, or streamed, or whatever you want to like. <laughs> whatever you do with your podcasts, like listen to them on audio phone or whatever. Um, and you can find it like on Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. Um, always one of the things I can push about like this panel, like we're trying to do a listener's choice season. Oh, um, tight. So like literally like drop a comment, like message us, email us, uh, like DM us on Twitter, like about like comics that you would like to see. Like it'd be like a single, single issue or a storyline or a character that you think we haven't covered yet that you think would be good to carry. Like we would love to do that on, and if like you like 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 and subscribe, like and subscribe to us on like any one of the like places where you can do that sort of thing, we keep kind of like track of that, and we're trying to like make sure like we can like possibly get some stuff out to folks who are interested in like things. That's so, cool, man. Yeah, you know, like autographed comic books, things like that. Like uh, our one of our resident comic book experts finds like lost toys that like are impossible to find like based off of comic book characters oh, and just like was like everyone's just like hey just take this we don't need this nobody does but it exists if you like this character that's crazy so i don't know if you have done mine yet i said i will survive that zootopia joint Ooh, yeah no <laughs> i don't know if that would really that would, work or not <laughs> you we will I'll, I'll definitely pitch it though like <laughs> <laughs> i think i told Heath, and he was done like, some, he was like oh We've done some <laughs> we've done some weird ones on for sure. So like it's one of those things. And uh I don't uh, this will be coming out on Monday, so I believe it should be coming out in time. But I'll be hosting a writing workshop at Ralph Ellison Library here in Oklahoma City on the east side. Uh it's the basic theme of it is um writing angry with a purpose. So how you can like kind of take like anger or like the emotions of frustration and turning it into like productive, meaningful art. Um, just like through like writing and things like that. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, come see me. It'll be fun. We're probably going to like scream and curse and yell and write beautiful art and <laughs> make things happen. Um, but yeah, you can check that out. I'll be posting about it on my social media probably relentlessly in the time up to it. So just keep up. Yeah, man. Keep an eye on it. And we'll be sure to share it too for sure. Appreciate it. Uh, well, as always, guys, you can follow us on social media too. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T U N E S slash T O O N S. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks again, Cam. Thanks again for having me on here. Like, yo, yo. This is great. Peace. Catch y'all later.